Welcome to This Week in Guided Pathways in Schools. This podcast will bring you up to date on Guided Pathways and the schools at MCC a few minutes at a time. I'm Jessica Wilkie, Schools Implementation Lead at MCC. And I'm Amanda Rampey, Technical Assistant for Schools and Pathways. Each week, or week-ish, we'll bring you information, explanations, interviews, and recaps of developments at MCC and in the larger community college world. One thing we would really like to cover are your questions. You can send questions about Guided Pathways or the schools at MCC to schools at monroecc.edu. We will answer all questions either via email or on this podcast. This week we are speaking with Dr. Lloyd Holmes, who is the Vice President for Student Services here at MCC. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Um, So first, can you tell us... uh, what has been your involvement here at MCC, even outside of MCC, with Guided Pathways? So. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because when I came to MCC in 2014, you know, I, I, I walked into an environment where there were people who were clearly for us moving toward Guided Pathways, and then there were clearly people who wanted us to move away from it and was not supportive of it and felt like, you know, we had one area of campus really trying to guide the work of the, another area of campus. And so for me, early on, it was, how do I get people to really buy into mm-hmm. the idea of Guided Pathways? Because clearly, Guided Pathways does indeed work. And so yes. so for me, initially, it was really trying to get our folks on board so that, you know, the institution is moving in one direction. Let's make certain that we as a, as a unit or we as individuals at the campus are moving in that direction. So initially, I think I was just a champion in saying this is important and letting people see that that I'm supportive of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving from that, from being a mere champion to really being a change agent and saying that, that I have to be a part of the change that's happening at the institution. So. Mm-hmm. Great, thanks. Well, and I know that 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 wasn't hollow for you either. You you truly did and do believe in it. I truly believe in it, and I think that you know I hope that individuals on campus see that I really am passionate about it. I mean, when you begin to to really look at the data that exists, you can't say that that I'm comfortable with. I'm just going to say sixty percent of our students, you right. know. Uh, doing well, you've got to think about what's happening to that other 40%. And so, so I think for me, it was saying, we've got to focus on that, on that 40% as well. We can't be happy with mediocrity. Absolutely. And I think that was a a big topic that came up a lot during the SUNY Guided Pathways conference was a lot to do with this idea of justice and equity when it comes to our students and student success. Did you have anything to say about that as far as listening to Rob Johnstone's talk on equity and guided pathways or some of your own experience and, you know, kind of the need for guided pathways from an equity standpoint? You you know, from an equity standpoint, I I felt like Rob Johnstone was was right on on point because when you look at the data here at MCC and you look at the graduation rates for specific populations, a part of the conversation that that I have now is that why are we targeting specific populations? Mm -hmm. And it's all about, it's all about this equity piece. It's all about how do we tear the fence down that exists for some of our, our students? 
an incident that happened here at MCC that had a major impact on me and, and sort of uh, what I think about when in terms of equity. Um, we were looking at doing a, a program that specifically geared toward uh, African-American males and really putting images around the campus so that they see themselves and mm -hmm. see themselves in a positive light on campus. Mm -hmm. And so we created all these all the, these posters. We called it the I Will campaign. You know, you had these posters with, with an image of a black male that said, I will succeed, I will be successful, I will graduate, I will transfer to a four-year institution. Mm -hmm. And and so when I when I had those things done, I, I sat with a group of African-American male students and I said, okay, look at these posters, tell me what you think. And, and even though they, 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 they liked the posters, they said, you know, it goes beyond that. When They said, when we walk into a classroom and our faculty don't recognize the fact that we don't necessarily have a computer at home yes. to complete the work that we're mm -hmm. doing, you know, that, that needs to be done. You know, you, you have to think about that. Even conversations that said, even though you may look like us, you know, we see you walking around in a suit and tie every day. So you, you know, you're in a different space that than than mm -hmm. we have been, than than we are. Mm -hmm. And so I think that 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 really made me begin to think about when it comes to we've got to move beyond doing the same thing for every student, right? And move and move to a point where we're trying to create some equitable outcomes. Absolutely, I think that that a lot of times when we think about equity, we kind of look at that equity of opportunity piece, and we kind of forget about that that right. equity of outcomes piece. And we have to understand that equity and equality are yes. different things. You you know you can't merely because you're treating every student the same. You know you that doesn't mean that that equity is going to come about. It could be the, that could amount to the exact opposite of equity. That, that's exactly right. And, and I think that what it does is that the gaps that already exist, it oftentimes will create a wider gap than, than we already have. So in terms of equity and guided pathways, it seems like, um, you know, we've kind of looked at our current outcomes here at MCC and at other community colleges around the country. And we've said that in terms of our lower income students and our students of color, that, you know, kind of what's been the status quo isn't good enough and we need to do better. Um, so how do you feel that some of these uh, guided pathways reforms can help us uh, begin to close those gaps? I think that that with these with these guided pathways reforms, what it's really making us do is look at the individual student. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the past, we have tried to, to say, okay, we're going to create a program, we're going to create a program for the masses. It hasn't required us getting to know who that individual is that's in front of us. And so when you begin to look at, 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 at guided pathways and the reform that's come about as a result of that, it's forcing us to look at that individual that we're, that, that's in front of us. And I think that as a result of looking at these individuals and saying, I'm going to meet your needs, you know, and it's, it's not about saying, okay, I'm going to throw a treatment out there and that treatment is going, going to cure the whole population. It isn't. We've got to figure out how to meet the needs of that individual that comes to our door. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that, that Guided Pathways is forcing us to think differently about how we do that. 
And so um, in the, uh, the kind of book on Guided Pathways, uh, Redesigning America's Community Colleges, they do a lot of talking about how traditionally community colleges have kind of worked in this uh, self-serve cafeteria model of people picking out courses and kind of, you know, seeing whether or not that stacks up to a degree and that Guided Pathways is kind of this more intentional mapping of, um, you know, exactly what you need to do to progress down that pathway to graduation. Um, do you feel like those particular reforms, those mappings, are going to help some of these communities, particularly some of these students who are maybe the first in their families to attend college? You look at the number of students who come to our doors who, like you said, are first in college, who really have no one in the home to really sort of direct them. When you look at guided pathways and you, and you reduce some of the options that people have, then making a choice is easier. A prime example that I that I oftentimes give is that I happen to love neckties, and when, <laughs> and I, when I walk in my closet, I literally have two fifty to three hundred neckties to choose from. The most difficult thing for me to do in the morning is to select the necktie for the day. If you if, only had five to choose from. If I had five to choose from, it would be easy. And so I think for students who are coming in, when we are flooding them with options, it almost it paralyzes them. And so I think that we as, as an institution have to figure out what's important for the student and what are the limited number of options that we give mm -hmm. so that they select from those options because then we know, you know, trying to get a student on a path, keep them on the path and, you know, all that, all that sort of stuff, that's really, really difficult. And so I think that, that Guided Pathways helps us to really uh, narrow down some of those options so that the experience for the student is it's easier. It's, there, it's easier for them to navigate. Right. I mean, it's not about removing choice altogether. Correct. It's just making, guiding those choices. That's exactly it's, right. It's all about the guidance it's, and support. It's, it's in the name. It's, you know, it's a guided pathway. You know, it's, it's not, not a predetermined it's, pathway. It's not predetermined. We're just trying to guide you on the path. Absolutely. So we, we've talked a lot on this podcast and in Guided Pathways around the college. We tend to focus a little more on things such as program selection or course selection or taking the right math course or developmental education. But Guided Pathways isn't just for the academic in the classroom side of the house. Exactly. How do you see uh, student services, which you oversee, how do you uh -huh. see all of that fitting in with Guided Pathways Well, reform? you know, and, and of course, I went into student services because I say, you know, I, I oftentimes look at the at the wellness model, and, and in the wellness model, that you know, there, there are all these dimensions, and the intellectual growth is only one component of the wellness model. You know, you think about physical growth, spiritual, social, emotional, you know, occupational. And so so for student services, because we're about developing the, the whole student and educating the whole student, if we only focus in the guided pathways model on what happens academically, then we have missed out on a portion of the development of the student. Mm -hmm. And so so for, for student services, you know, we have to understand it's all of our jobs, academic services, student services, administrative services, Absolutely. every component of the campus. We have got to look at how we as, as a division, how do we fit into this guided pathways model? And so I think in terms of, of the full development of the student, we're here to complement 
what's happening on the academic side. Academic services is here to complement what we're doing in the classroom. Because I also say that when we begin to think about a student coming to, to an educational institution, they can take English 101 at any institution. Right. Okay, they could leave here, go to another college, take English 101. Mm -hmm. But the experience that they get outside of the classroom, you're not going to get the same experience at another institution. So a part of our job in student services is how do we complement what's going on in the classroom by creating an experience at the institution that makes the student want to stay here and be successful in the classroom. You think about the, the, the amount of time that our faculty have with a student. It's, it's really not that much time. And you have more of the ability to stay with a student throughout their career. Throughout their career. You, you know, by the time you look at the amount of time that they spend in financial aid, you know, <laughs> our advisor center, you know, there's so much that we can do to impact that student's experience. It, with every nook and cranny, we should be, be going in and asking a student, how is your experience here? How are classes going? And those types of things so that we can help keep students on the path and hopefully uh, get them, you know, to the point of graduation. Well, thank you very much for being here with us today. Dr. Holmes, is there anything else you'd like to say about Guided Pathways before we finish? Well, you know, I'm such a a proponent of it, and I think that for me, it's really been good to really be in a position where I have such a strong voice to, to, to really say, this really is some good stuff. And I would encourage people who might be listening to this podcast to think that, or or really understand that this work isn't somebody else's work. Yes, it's all of our work. It is all of our work. And, you know, we may have have individuals who are responsible for certain components of it, Mm -hmm. but you have a critical role to play in the success of our students. So I I would leave that with with our listeners out there. Uh, You have a key role to play. Absolutely. Right. Thank you very much. And so we, we mentioned Rob Johnstone's talk, and if you were not able to be with us on that day, or if you'd just like to listen to that again and what Rob Johnstone has to say about equity and guided pathways, you can view that entire presentation and see his slides on our SUNY Guided Pathways Institute's webpage, which is www.monroecc.edu schools. And on the left-hand side, you'll see a link to SUNY Guided Pathways.